Thank you, Matt. Team. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jason, youth pastor here at Open Door, one of our elders. And um, this morning, we continue to call out to the Lord. We're here gathered to experience Jesus. That's, I hope, why you showed up this morning. And this is where we come to be refreshed and encouraged, blessed, prayed for, stirred up. And so this morning, our hope is that this kickstarts your conversations, your prayers, your dormant longings, and that you would leave more full of hope than you are in this moment. So first, my invitation is if you would just pause for a moment to be quiet, and Lord, would you, would you give us all open hands and open ears? What do you have for us this morning? I'd like to start with some scriptures again. Uh, Nathan has them up on some slides. You can either read along, listen along, close your eyes along, whatever works best for you. But I'm going to read um, a bunch of these. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And then linked directly to that one in 1 John 5, 4 is Romans 10, 17. So faith, that which overcomes the world, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Ah, and then this beautiful promise in Romans 8, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which you cry out, Abba, Father. In Colossians, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. In some versions, it says, set your minds on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds and your hearts on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So good, so, so good. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is a profound promise that we have. Draw near to the throne of grace. 2 Chronicles 20.12, one that I read last week, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Mm -hmm. 
Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Some words of Jesus in John 16. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Could you imagine hearing that for the first time? Guys, it's, it's better for you if I go away. After all they'd experienced with him, it's better for you if I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. And then Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The word of the Lord. This morning, our theme is hearing from God. So I'd like to ask some questions before my friend Bill Foles comes and shares with us. Some questions that may or may not get answered, but just some questions to set the stage for this thought this morning that we are all going to enter into. What, for, what does it even mean to hear from God? Why did Jesus over and over say, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. How many different ways can God speak to us today? And then how do you test it out, whatever you're hearing? Maybe even before those questions, do you believe God still speaks today? Why would you even want him to speak to you? So those are just some questions. And um, all of this morning, the songs we are singing, the scriptures we just read, Bill's sharing, then I'll come back up after this table right here, is all for us to experience the risen Jesus this morning. So Bill, come on up.
morning, open door. 41 plus years ago, I began my walk with Jesus here at Open Door. 41 years. I'm not even that old. <clears throat> I was mentored and discipled for three years by Tom Allen, the Tom Allen of Tom and Joyce Allen. <laughs> During that time, we studied the life of King David. In the book of Samuel, God declared that King David was a man after God's own heart. That hit deep in me. For many months after, this is as a young Christian, I would start to ask God, could I too have a heart after yours? Yet I was thinking that David was one of a kind. But I kept asking and asking anyways. One day he answered me with a yes. So at 25 years old, my journey with him began a different route. Looking back, I felt like I was a student, about to learn something I wanted. Yet there were many times I felt like I had ditched class. And other times I felt like I'd learned deep things. He began to teach me things about prayer. That's his voice, to be recognized in my midst. He did this by showing me other people of faith in the scripture who would pray. And how Jesus himself would pray, but more importantly, what they prayed. He would put people <clears throat> on my mind, and sometimes it seemed random, to pray for them, or call them, or go see them and pray. I began to hear God's heart as I read scriptures, because I had asked him to let me hear your heart. But more importantly, Lord, your truth is in your word and your heart is your character. I want to hear your character. I would read Psalms and come away overwhelmed at his heart revealed. I kept asking God to speak to me, to not just let these words come before my eyes, but I wanted to see deeper. So I kept asking, give me a heart that discerns. Something my natural man couldn't do or even wanted to do. I began to not just ask for wisdom, but his wisdom. I wanted him above every request, above every answer I thought I needed. King, D King David said, well, in the midst of hiding from King Saul, who wanted to kill David, saying that God's presence alone was his help. And I remember reading this as a young Christian. I thought, David, are you kidding me? Saul's out there ready to kill you. No, I, I just didn't see what David saw. I began to realize I was missing God. I wanted to see God. I, sorry. I was only seeing natural circumstances and not eternal things. I wanted to see God, not just his healings or his wisdom or his whatever that I needed. I once wrote, don't just show me the miracles but show me the God of the miracles. As I began to recognize his voice by putting myself in places to hear his voice, like reading his word, like speaking with other believers about scriptures, a persistence of me asking God to let me hear his voice and know it was him and not me, he would say powerful undoing things to me at times. And sometimes it would be the oddest things, like driving down a street one day and I hear this phrase, the Lord sees. 
And my first thought was, well, of course he sees. But, but what? I didn't understand the moment. But knowing his voice, I wrote it down. Yeah, while driving. <laughs> it's called texting, I guess, nowadays. But as soon as I put the pad down, a horn blares, and I thought I had strayed into another lane. I looked over, and it was my dear friend Ian Gennari. I had mentored Ian, and he knows me. And he yells out, what's the Lord saying to you? And I thought, in that brief moment, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. So I hold up the pad and yell, the Lord sees. And he yells back to pull over. And I talk, and we talk, and he asked me again, what did the Lord say to you? I repeated it, and he's shaking his head. And he tells me that he had just been asking God, Lord, don't you see? This is weird. This was not me, this was God. It's not my boast in me, but in him, through me. My deepest cry then, and still is today, I want to know him, to understand his character, to learn to trust his character instead of my own, to have a heart like his heart. I want his wisdom. I want his understanding, his peace. I want his control, his contentment, his way of doing life. And I want to be used for God's people and his glory. How's this going to happen? God tells us, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So, get to know the spirit. By spending time with him. By spending time with others who not only know him, but pursue him. Because they're hungry for God. That's what true godly discipleship and fellowship is. Keep asking God for it. Every day I talk to him about anything and everything. I thank him for answers. But mostly, I thank him for this life he's given me in his son Jesus. Because I was a heathen of heathens. And I praise him. And I often ask this. Spirit of God, my teacher, sealed in me. Teach me. Lead me. And over the years, I've had to ask myself at times, am I teachable? Am I right now teachable? Will it be okay if I just sit at his feet and learn from him like Mary and Martha's story? I'm not talking about lazy. I'm talking about humility. Every day within me, there is a battle under humility. The battle's true arena is in this. My ways and my thoughts versus his ways and his thoughts in the circumstances of my life as I see it, as I know it, as I want it to be. It leads me to doubt at times. And fear or anger show up at the door of my heart. Sometimes banging at the door with shouting noises and poisonous things under my mind and thoughts. I get anxious. I get confused in the midst of it. I fail. So now what am I to do? Fear often lies in the unknown, the unseen, the shame. I become paralyzed until I recognize the reality of what I'm in. It's a battle. Then I call on the Lord until it dawns on me again that God sees and he knows perfectly. Then I'm okay to draw near and stay close to him. Like Jesus said to Peter, Peter Satan has demanded to sift you, but I have prayed for you. There is a spiritual battle 
around me in this world towards my flesh and unto my mind. And if Jesus always intercedes for me, then I too should always pray to stay close. And here's the reason for prayer, to stay close to the shepherd of my soul who is greater. This is only by faith that will dare to trust God to be God. Real faith seeks God. Real faith stays with God. Read Psalm 42. It's one of my favorite psalms. Read Psalm 42 where the psalmist in the midst of his trouble calls out to his own heart to put his focus back on God. God has insight to himself and to life to give us in his word if we will pray and seek for him. Humility cries out to me. Ask God and leave room for him to do as he desires. I have to believe him in every aspect of my life, including his timing and his ways, which I don't always like. But when I do this, when I am good with the fact that he is God and I am not, and that he declares himself to be my God and my Lord and my friend, then it is well with my soul. And I am at peace and I have his rest. When my eyes are upon him, the author and finisher of my faith, of my life, I am a blessed man. Jason had asked me that I share where God has recently spoken to me as an example of how I hear God. This past week, I was going to meet a brother. Driving there, I was asking the Lord for his wisdom and discernment. What to say to this dear son of the faith from God's heart? Not my own, but my own wisdom, his. Now, when I ask this, I don't always receive a word in that specific moment of asking. Sometimes it's not until the middle of the moment. It's kind of like, Paul, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because <laughs> in that moment, the Spirit of God will give it. He often gives me revelation or insight right as I'm speaking or listening. I recognize it as him, as it is intended to encourage and remind me and one another of the truth of our God and what he says. So God answered my prayers as I spoke to this brother of the character of God. This is what came out the character of God, and what this brother's circumstances really were from God's point of view, something he may not have seen or even considered. I have found that God often wants to use us for one another under kingdom realities that we may have forgotten or had never really believed. God be praised. Thank you, Bill. I love that question. Am I teachable? That's what I just heard right now this morning. Am I teachable? Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, let's keep going. How do we hear from God? What does this look like? The first and primary way is through the scriptures. It is full of poems and stories and confessions and challenges, and real people in real times, in real places, sharing their experience. It has our entire story of Jesus, from birth, to ministry, to relationship, to death, to resurrection. It has so much power in it. So, so the first place where we hear from God is right here in our scriptures. And in fact, I would say anytime that you hear something that's against the scriptures, you might want to try to ask if that's indigestion or a bad day or something, but 
you won't hear from God if it's in contrast to what's in here. So we will never hear something that contradicts what has been written already. So, so the scriptures is where it starts. Another way, have you ever been up early in the morning? And maybe you've been on a vista or a mountain or a hill, or maybe you've been on the second story of a porch at the ocean or in, in the woods, and you can see through the trees the morning start to come up. And this beautiful gold or amber or dark orange spreads across the horizon as far as your eyes can see. That is God saying to us, I do this for you. This one right here is for you. Maybe you've seen, um, I don't know, a hawk circling. There's two or three in our neighborhood right now. And they're up there and their wings are, who knows, like maybe wider than this table. All of creation speaks to us. He's the one who made it all anyway at the beginning. So creation and all that goes into it is another place where God speaks. In fact, uh, I find in creation that sense of awe. maybe just drawn to full silence before what he has made. Bill mentioned this, each other. Another place that he speaks to us is through each other. We have the spirit of the living Christ inside of us, and so we can speak to each other the beautiful blessings of God, and we can hear from God through each other. So relationships are another place. Um, songs. Song. Sometimes there's a, a, just a line of truth that the Lord will speak, and that's it. And it's that line over and over, and maybe you hit repeat on your media device player, and you just let that one go over and over and over again. So songs um, can speak to us straight from the Lord. I, I find that the Lord often speaks through a really good meal. <laughs> like a really, really good meal. And, and you know the whole meal that he's speaking, but then at the end there's the dessert. And you just know that his favor rests upon you in that moment, right? Uh, and you just go, man, this is so good, so good. Um, there's been times where the Lord has spoken through a, a photograph, picking up an old photo, and I'm in it, and someone's arm is around me who loves me. And in that moment, I just, oh, God, you love me. You just like, oh, this person with their arm wrapped around me. So, so there, those are some ways. Um, nothing is outside the realm of God speaking. And he has something for us in everything. Here's a couple examples that I want to share specifically from my life. I hope that from hearing Bill, from hearing me, that we begin to get a sense of, okay, here are multiple ways that the Lord could speak. Uh, so for me, 
Currently, I love to hike Shaw Butte. It's over on 15th Avenue between Peoria and Cactus. And I say that the Lord speaks to me on Shaw Butte. And I heard the Lord speak, get your house in order. And the first thing that you might think when you hear get the house in order, get your house in order is, oh my gosh, what's going to happen, right? And so that's what I, I did. As soon as I heard that, I said, Lord, does this mean I'm going to die? And the response was no. But I, but I didn't know what get your house in order was right away. And so I stayed with it. And for several weeks, I kept asking, God, what does get your house in order mean? And I, and I shared it with a couple people, just hoping that sharing it would have some affirmation in it and some confirmation. And eventually, what became clear was, for me, get your house in order didn't have to do with getting all my papers and everything in order for Michelle and Benjamin, Winston, Nora. It was for me to make space for him. So it started a progression of purging and cleaning and organizing and painting and clearing out so that I had space to hear from him. So get your house in order was a phrase that had large implications for me. Uh, so that's one way for me that, that I, I hear, I, I'll go for that hike two or three times a week and we'll just talk the whole time. God, what do you have? What's up? What do you have for me? Just like I did for us this morning. Jesus, what do you have for us? And I'll do that. And we'll just dialogue the whole time. This week, if you were here last week, what, what I asked was, would you be willing to every day say, Jesus, what do you have for me? And keep track of that. So I did that. And I heard several things that um, brought hope to me. I heard abide in me on Monday morning. That was the first thing I heard, abide in me. And so I wrote that down and stayed with that all day on Monday. Um, two days ago, um, I was in the midst of preparing for this and doing other things at home. And um, I was feeling just my shoulders get tight. And I heard the Lord say, just play. I'll take care of everything else. So I wrote that one down. Just play. I love to play, but I, I, I mean, I was in a, in a mode of getting a whole bunch of things taken care of. So, so, so that um, was another one for me I heard this week. So before that, the thing before the thing is what I want to encourage us with, and that is our posture before God. We get to hear from God every day. And, and it comes from our posture no longer being a posture of beggars, but being daughters and sons of the King of Kings who get to crawl up on his lap and be right nestled in close to his heart. That's our posture. We can boldly approach the throne of grace, as the writer of Hebrews wrote and I read earlier. So uh, this whole thing of hearing from God, the thing before the thing, has to start with believing that that's our posture. God's heart of love for us is what drives him to speak to us. He's got massive things that he wants to speak to us about because he loves us. Because he loves us. So, um, so this thing before the thing. God longs for you and I to be whole. 
he, he, Jesus, is restoring all things. He wants you and I to live with our hearts fully alive, fully alive. He wants us to mature. There's this, there's this deep, hidden wholeness inside of us that he's longing to come out. It's not for us. We're not trying to go grab more and more and more. It's already in us, hidden, and it's meant to come out. That's why we're living our best life when we're honoring that birthright wholeness inside of us, when we're taking our mask off and living full and free. That's when we're living at our very best. So these uh, weeks when we are calling out to the Lord together, we're doing it because we believe there's something beautiful inside each and every one of us. And we forget that. We forget our truest nature is immersed in Jesus, and we need to be reminded. And he reminds us when we move towards him and say, Jesus, what do you have for me? Speak, speak. So let's get practical. Uh, as my pal Nacho Libre says, let's get down to the nitty gritty. John chapter 16 is uh, Jesus in, in the middle of basically circling up with his pals. Imagine that. Imagine just you in your living room and you've got your couch, your chair, your comfy little place and you're circling up and Jesus is bringing the good stuff right now. They've been hanging out, they've had relationship, they've seen the miracles, all that. And so here we're in, in John 16 and I'll, uh, let me just start in verse 5. But now... I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they don't believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And then here's, oh, here's, here's the goods, goods, goods. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, this crazy, tangled relationship of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we call it the Trinity, and and maybe forthcoming sometime in the next few months, we could spend a Sunday or two on the Trinity. But Holy Spirit, comforter, guide, helper, prayer, we, um, we have the beautiful blessing of the Holy Spirit who is there to speak not on his own initiative, but whatever he hears. So hearing from God is, is very much like a muscle. It needs to be worked. It needs to be worked. It needs to be stretched and tested and have movement in order to grow. So this is something that we get to keep working out in our relationship with God. 
So here's what I would, here's some things I would say uh, 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 to start simple. So here's, here's, here's starting and then here's starting simple. I suggest you try asking God something you already know to be true. Start with God, do you love me? Am I precious to you? Start there. Don't, don't start with, do I move to Ahwatukee and buy the two-bedroom <laughs> because I need to know now? Or I mean, start, do you love me? And let him respond to you. Let him respond to you with, absolutely, I'm crazy about you. When you hear something, ask God to confirm it. Oftentimes, what we hear needs the confirmation of the community. So for me, when I heard get your house in order, there were a lot of follow-up questions. That first one of, am I going to die? But there were follow-up questions that I needed confirmed from my brothers and sisters so that I knew that it was from the Lord. So maybe you have some follow-up questions. Uh, Is that from you, God? Is that from you? What shall I do with this that you are speaking, God? Who am I supposed to share this with? Much like Bill's story of um, bumping into Ian Gennari, right? And if you heard him before that story, he said, "I, I wasn't Uh, interested in seeking the miracles as much as the God behind the miracles. So our motivation can be, let me have a moment like Bill had with Ian. Let me have that. Let me have that. And I would say, let's back up and let's have the experience of being intimate with the Lord first. And whatever fruit comes, comes. Whatever the fruit is will just be beautiful blessings. But first, it's you getting to sit with Jesus. Um, A couple don'ts. Don't, don't say God told me to. It, it puts the authority on you, and it's not intended to be on you and me. The authority is the Lord. So maybe be more gentle to say, I, I have a sense, or I'm feeling led by the Lord too. But when you come out with this authority of God told me to, harm can come. Don't post what you're hearing all over the internet. Um, don't get discouraged if there's silence but instead ask the Lord what's in the silence for you fight the human urge to compare you and what you're hearing with her and him and what they're hearing because you and Jesus is for you and Jesus and what you hear from the Lord is for what you hear from the Lord. It will eventually bless the greater community, but do not compare if you don't get a story like Bill or a story like me or a story like others. Or in a moment when we open the mics and, and people are sharing, fight that urge to compare. Hearing the voice of God in a whisper or a word, creation, a song, is, in fact, going to benefit all those you have relationship with. When you ask him if he loves you, yes, that's for you, but it's also for God to bring blessing to others. It's too small if it's just for you to keep and hold on on to. That's not the way this works. Everything that God gives to us is for the greater benefit of the kingdom of God. 
Maybe for a time you hold it, but eventually you need to give it away. There's, there's this flow to this. It's, it's, um, it's like this. It's first receiving. And then giving. That's the flow and the rhythm to hearing from God. First, we go to him and say, what do you have for me? And we receive the blessings. That, that was good enough for the Holy Spirit, right? In John 16, that's the flow here. Whatever I spoke, I heard from my father first. So, so that rhythm is good enough for us. That's our rhythm. We receive and then we give. So, last week, I asked you to consider memorizing Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 and spend some time hearing from Jesus and keep track of it somewhere, somehow. And now we're going to take that risk and we're going to say, um, what'd you hear? What'd you hear? And we have microphone one, microphone two. If you want to come all the way up front, microphone three. And we're going to take some time to bless each other with what we heard from the Lord. If you weren't here, that's okay. Maybe you heard something this morning that you want to stand up and share with us. Um, or maybe you had one of those moments that was silent, a week that was silent, or, or maybe you just forgot. That's okay, because all of us can receive from each other. So it might just be one or two. Who knows? It might be zero. We'll see. We'll take the risk to say the mics are open and we would love to hear from each other what you heard from the Lord. So I found... So I found myself in Romans 12, 1 and 2 instead of Hebrews uh, 12, 1 and 2. Um, and God just knew that's where I needed to be. And um, there you go. That's neat. So in the process of um, working on memorizing this verse... Um, I heard God say, just be faithful. And so that's caused me to just reflect all week on that, just be faithful. And I thought, if he would have said, be faithful, it would have sounded to me more like, um, you be faithful. But he said, just be faithful. So I feel like that really, for me, that really softened it to the point of, trust me to draw you into faithfulness. And then when Jason shared this morning in Romans 10, 14, um, about being faithful by being in his word and being in his presence. And then Bill shared... Um, towards the end of his sharing, he was talking about um, being faithful. And so in all of that, in God's faithfulness towards me, he draws me to be faithful to him.
I was memorizing the uh, two verses from Hebrews. And then I asked the Lord, what, what is it that you want me to do? And I heard loud and clear, follow the shepherd. And um, that reminded me of the passage in John 10, where Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And, the one, and no one is able to snatch them out of his, the Father's hand. Sorry. And then he says, I and the Father are one. So, um, so when Jason kind of went over like the tight shoulders that he kind of had pulling everything together, <clears throat> um, I wasn't here last Sunday, but um, I think I've been going through, this week has been letting go. And so like lately, it's been letting go of a lot of the stuff that I was trying to get with my work mainly is the biggest stress. And, um, and it's kind of just, so I think it's been a message and I haven't been kind of with God too much lately. It's been more work related and getting stuff done. But now I know the message was from God. It's just letting go. And so everything that I was worried about that built from the beginning of this month to now all changed in one night, two nights ago when I was, everyone was stressing out and the whole um, work community or um, dealership was stressed out and nothing was going right. And everything changed within like a three hour window. And it was right when I was like, well, it'll, it'll come. So, <laughs> so it's been really for me just, uh, I guess the message is to let go and trust. But um, it always comes on a monthly basis, freak, freak you out and then comes for me. So lately it hasn't been trusting and now it's letting go. So that's my message. This morning as I was driving to church, <clears throat> I listened to music in the morning a lot, well, every morning. And, um, and the prayer that I really hold on to is the Our Father. And I've struggled with like, lead us not into temptation. I always think of like food and things like that. <laughs> and I was asking God, you know, lead me not into temptation. What does that mean? And for me right now, um, judgment, resentment, anger, fear, um, it seems like those are the, the battles that as human beings we fall into a lot, as I fall into a lot, and it takes me away um, from that quiet rest inside of myself. And that was just like a, an answer, because I'd been asking that for a long time. What does, what does that really, really mean? I mean, the tangible things of money and, you know, all those things. But really, deep inside my heart, um, how does that separate me? And the promises is not leading me into that. Um, and then it fell into the scripture, because I didn't, wasn't here last week. So put off the things that hinder me. And those are the things, those are the things that really hinder me in the quiet time. Because the food goes away, the money goes away, all the stuff and things go away. But the quiet time, my mind, that, that can take hold of me and take me away. So 
was very grateful for that answer this morning. Sometimes the hardest thing, it seems almost in the world for me, is to come into this room and, um, and just be in a place where my brothers and sisters are worshiping and seeking God. And this week has been full for me of um, the questions of, am I yours, God? Am I, am I yours? And what does that mean? And how should that look and feel and um, all of that that I think most of us wrestle with from time to time anyway? And so I come in here today, and, um, and I see this waterfall of Scripture, and we get to read the Word of God, one passage after another, of truth and of reassurance and um, the very words of Jesus uh, saying that we are His. And my brother Billy getting up and speaking about hearing God's voice in those random ways that we do. And I realized, yeah, I hear that voice. And if I hear that voice, I'm his. And all these things together and all of you together um, encourage me. And I hope all of us in this room are encouraged together by one another and by all these things that we're seeing and hearing because they are true. They are really true. Let me try not to ramble, but last week I walked out of here with an assignment and I may have misunderstood the assignment. So I'll tell you what I thought the assignment was and then what I finally concluded with me and God. I thought that the assignment was to memorize a couple of verses in his word. He says, why do I need to memorize that? So I jotted it down on my little card like I like to do. And I'm struggling. I'm usually good for a couple of words, memorizing short verses. But by golly, this was two verses. It is a lot there. <laughs> and they were long ones. I didn't get too far with that effort because I wanted to memorize the verse. I didn't want to hear from God. I wanted to memorize the verse. So probably Wednesday, I'm, I'm reading it over in my mind over and over again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let me strip off 
every weight that slows me down, especially the sin that so heavily trips me up. And my goodness, I couldn't go any further to try to memorize it because this is what God is telling me. And I'm saying, oh, my goodness, I got a lot of work to do. And then he brings me, he brings me to remember something that he's told me in, in Ephesians. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share a couple of verses there in chapter 2. And it says, my God saved me by his grace when, he, uh, when I believed. And uh, I can't take any credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation. It's not a reward for the good things that I have done, like memorizing verses and other things. So I can't boast about it. For I am God's masterpiece. Wow. He's created to me anew in Christ Jesus so that I can do all of the good things that he's planned for me long ago. I'm his masterpiece, and I get to do all of those things that he's planned for me long ago. And could I bring you to one more, one more scripture? Oh. Uh, I don't know that I will memorize the scripture, but the essence of it does come back to me. And it's in Colossians 3. Since God chose me to be his holy person that he loves, I must clothe myself in his tender-hearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I have to make allowance I have to make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends me. And remember, the Lord forgave me, so I must forgive others. So that's how I clothe myself. And it says I must. And to me, that means it's not a, a, a job that I have to do. I can't help it now because the Spirit's live in me. If you don't know Michael, by the way, he's an amazing human being. Thanks, bro. Uh, Forty years ago, I was in San Diego with a, a bunch of my friends, and we'd rented a, a little place right on the water off of Mission Beach, if you've been there before. And I remember we all went to bed, and I laid there for many, many hours and finally just got up around 2 or 3 in the morning and just walked out to the beach, to the ocean, and there was this deep fog, like a deep mist there, and there was nobody there but me, and I just stood there and listened, actually, and it was really the first time that I had heard this deep roar that the ocean has way, way off in the distance, and usually we hear that crashing of the waves, and I don't think I'd ever heard that the power of the whole ocean. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but it's, it was really profound for me. And I just stood there for I don't know how long, and then I wasn't praying or anything. I just was standing there 
kind of an awe of the moment. And then this verse came to me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and he still was there. He was still hovering there while I was standing there, I think, and it was just one of those crazy moments where, like Jason was talking about, I didn't hear really a voice. I just got caught up in this unreal physical moment and then the spirit of the Lord kind of drug me out there and then reminded me of the verse and then I think was hovering all around me and that was 40 years ago I still really remember it like it was yesterday I actually went home and wrote a poem I'd never wrote <laughs> anything before but I just wanted to share that with you because I don't know exactly like when these guys are talking about God speaking to them, a lot of us, I think, don't get that. We don't hear these voices or whatever it is that they're saying, but we have moments where he shows up in a big, crazy way, and then 40 years later, it's still buzzing around in your head. So, thank you. Well, I, I think I'm too old to memorize, but I... Um I decided to take each phrase and just uh, write it down and just meditate on each phrase. And when I got to this, this part of Hebrews, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. That's when it just, it just got me. I thought, wow, you endured what you endured um, on the cross, and you could have stopped it at any moment. You could have just said, oh, I've had it. You know, this is too much. I don't have to do this. Um, and just that's just what really stuck with me, that the joy set before him kept him on the cross. What was that joy? It was to have a relationship with us. And that, that makes me think of a parent wanting, longing to have a relationship, not just with your little ones, but when they get to be adults. You really want to have a relationship. You want your children to know you as a person and who you are and who you, not just the bad things they remember when they were growing up that you did wrong, but you want them to know you as you are growing in your faith. You want to be able to share joys, sorrows, struggles, um, all of it. You, you want your children to know you and so much more, God, Jesus wants to know us and love us that it that he chose to stay on the cross i don't know that that just blew me away so anyway that's all i had to say uh, and jason i just want to really thank you for for doing this mm. I, this has blessed me mm. so much to hear from the body people mm. that maybe i don't have a relationship with and it's just really been a blessing thank you so much and mm. just for inviting the spirit here You're welcome thank you Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Blessings. Huge blessings. Um, so another ask for this week is Romans 12, 1 and 2. <laughs> but what I want to ask is that you would meditate on it. Different than memorize it, that you would sit with it, 
and read it slow. And if a word sticks with you, then stop and sit with that word. If an entire phrase sticks with you, then then hold that phrase. But we want to ask you to find your space, find your quiet, and meditate on Romans 12, 1 and 2. And next week, we'll come back again, and we'll be here, and we'll hear from each other again. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Meditate on it. Let it soak deep into you.